tear that falls and hears me when I call. And hears me when I call. Um, we've been talking about becoming a disciple of Christ. We've been talking about what that means. And and uh, there's a, a PowerPoint uh, slide, but I'm going to just uh, skip by that one. But just as a, a reminder of last week, we talked about how Jesus was telling us that we had to count the cost to be a disciple. That I mean, it just wasn't like a freebie, you know. And, and I don't know. You have mixed emotions about that. I remember... Uh, the time before I was saved uh, very well, and I remember the time after. And, and I remember the cost as I spoke. I won't reiterate again this Sunday, but last week I, I spoke of, I just knew there was a cost. I, I knew it. And, and my free will and my flesh and everything within me had to make that decision. Would I be a Christ follower or not? And Jesus, with um, his own words, says, yes, we need to count the cost. We need to to understand that we need to put him first because if we don't, it just doesn't work. You know, there's a cost to being a disciple of Christ. And I don't know, it might, 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 might not be something that's uh, like popular or, or uh, even understandable, quite frankly, in our culture today. So we're going to dive in a little bit more this morning. So if there's a, co- a cost to pay, and that cost is really, bottom line, putting Christ first, that, that first we would put our trust in him as our savior, then we would put him first in our life, that, that we would be a disciple, a Christ follower, and, and learn his ways and what he has for our life. And really, I think these words right here, as we sing this song, he knows my name because he does every name that's in this room. Every name that's listening by the way of the web right now, the internet. Every person that will hear his word, not necessarily this song, but his word from now into eternity, he knows our name. That's crazy. He called me by name that day. I put my trust in him as Savior. Tony, he called me. I'm telling you, he called me by name. It's your choice. It's your decision. He knows my every thought, and I just sometimes I, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> Who's ever had that thought? When you come to a realization, God knows what I'm thinking right now. Um, now, I'm not saying it's always bad, but those are those times, right? You just go, um, no, no. I don't want you to know that thought. And he sees each tear that falls, and I'm, I'm sure I can get a testimony there. I know there's times in my life when tears have fallen that the peace of God has just entered into me and said, nah, I know. I know what you're going through. And he hears me when I call. Hmm. I know there's testimonies there also, but I'm telling you, he hears us when we call. I mean, he really hears us as a disciple, as a Christ follower, hears us when we call. Let that sink in just a minute. How many times have we called upon the name of the Lord uh, whether in desperation, whether out of love, out of devotion, whatever. But we called upon his name, and he's answered. And how many times have we called upon his name, and really it's where we're going today. Maybe we've called upon his name, and we've not heard an answer. And there's there's reasons for that a lot of times. We don't hear answers, as a, even as a disciple of Christ. We don't hear some answers when God's maybe screaming back out, if you will, maybe a bad metaphor in a way, but his word goes out boldly and strongly, right? And yet sometimes we don't have a tendency to hear 
when he's trying to answer him. This is what we're going to talk about. So last week was becoming a disciple, which really the foundation message there was surrender, count the costs. And I'm going to bypass this because that's what we we were talking about. I need a volunteer, but you have to be a volunteer that won't be silly and you'll do what I say without being too serious. We have such a person in this room that will do, that will uh, not be real serious, but at the same time you gotta you gotta listen to what I'm I'm saying. Okay, so I'm gonna come out and pick you. Jesse, come on. You get the front row seat. You get to see what I see. This is like awesome. You get to see what I see. So sit right here. And real simple instructions, but you have to do what I ask you to do. So here's here we go. Ready? All right. So you're going to look straight ahead, and I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and then open them and close them. And you have to do it about as quick as I ask. And then and then I'm I'm going to ask you a question. Only one question. Here we go. Ready? Close your eyes. So don't open them yet. So you're going to look straight, and I'm not going to do anything, by the way. So <laughs> long-time youth pastor, he's probably going, now, what's he going to do to me? What's he going to do? All right, so in a minute, you're going to open. I've been on a chair. <laughs> yes. In a minute, you're going to, not yet, though. In a minute, you're going to open your eyes, but you're looking straight ahead, and you're going to close them when I say to, and then keep them closed. Okay, here we go. Ready? Open them. Close them. All right. What did you see? Okay, some people sitting on the back, a couple of pews. Okay, ready? Open them. Close them. What did you see? Are you looking straight ahead? Yeah, okay, okay, peripheral, okay. Anything else did you see? Now, did you see them or you just know they're back there? You saw them, okay. Anything else? Can you hear him, by the way? Can you hear him? Okay. All right, so ready? Open them. Close them. What did you see? The fan on the left there and the stone basement wall and the door back there. Are you all catching on what's happening here? I mean, you might not know the illustration, but you're catching on. The longer eyes are open, and I could do this for a long time, but the longer his eyes are open, the more he'll see. So, so thank you, Jesse. That was my, my main point I wanted to, to show this morning. So now as a church, I want us all to experience that great experience right there. So everyone's going to look right at the screen. It's not one of those YouTube things where something jumps out at you. Don't worry about that. But So, you know, in a minute, as you're looking, but in a minute, the one thing I want us to understand this morning is that we all conform to our surroundings. And Biblically, I'm going to point that out this morning because we do. We have a tendency to conform to whatever's around us. For example, when when uh, Jesse was just opening his eyes for just a second, he he only saw like one thing or maybe two. He saw two things. But the point is, is you know, after a period of time, we get we start to get very familiar with our surroundings because the more we see, the more we hear, the more we're part of our surroundings, the more we take in. And the more that comes a part of us, because we're watching, we're looking, we're seeing, and next thing you know, we, we start to conform to our surroundings. And then things start to get very familiar to us. This is just a side note. This is how you can, we can, not just you, we can get sucked into temptation that will lead us down a wrong path. 
because it'll something might seem innocent at first, and then we might just kind of like go, well, that's not too bad. Well, you know, that's not too bad. But the more we see, the more familiar we come we become with our surroundings, the more we'll entertain in what we're looking at because we see more and more. Good, I see your heads seeing what's going on. So are you ready? So again, no no tricks. I'm not going to do something silly here. Um, but I do want to illustrate what I'm talking about. Then we're going to dive into the Word. So if you will, you're going to be looking straight ahead at the screen, but close your eyes because I, I have to get my picture ready. So you're you're going to look when I say open them at the screen. Okay, now open your eyes. Now, everyone does see a blank screen, correct? Okay, just checking. If someone said something different, then we'd go counsel over the back of the corner over here. Okay, so here you go. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, close your eyes and open them. No cheating, and you're looking only at the screen. Okay, here we go. Close your eyes. Open them. I guess I can do the closing part. Okay, I'll do the closing part right here. Okay, what did you see? Saw a cross. Okay, so you saw Jesus on the cross. Okay, close your eyes. Open them. All right, what did you see? Okay, so John 3.16, uh, did you still see? Most of us probably still saw Jesus on the cross. And probably most grab John 3.16. All right, ready? Close your eyes. Open them. What did you see? Okay, you get it? It works both ways. There's something real important with this simple, simple illustration. We might conform to the images around us because we do. God made us that way. Not to conform and do wrong things or bad things, but God made us to conform. It's how he created us, was to receive and to take in his creation. We got to understand that. It was, it was when, because of our sin nature, we were separated from God that all the trouble began. And we, and we have a tendency, because of our sin nature, to now conform to things that are not, that are not of God. Okay? But that same created in God's image will pull us to the things of God also, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I've hit this with about eight sermons now since I've been here, right? You guys, some of you, you're going, something sounds a little familiar here. It's because we have to get this. What our eyes see and our ears take in, whatever we're a part of, whatever we allow into our life, we conform to. And it, and it creates that personality, and for some it creates that unforgiveness and that anger and, and, the, and those things that, that, that we don't like, and they confront us, and, and, and we want to get victory in them. Maybe it's personal. Maybe it's something that uh, was out of our control, but we, get the, we just want to get victory in this thing. We want to be free from these things, some of these things. And we just, like, we can't. Why? They become familiar to us. They become so familiar, even though we don't like them. And they're so much a part of our life, we don't know how to get rid of them. And quite frankly, for, uh, for a lot of us that's so familiar, we don't want to get rid of them. We have a tendency to embrace the things we don't even want because we've conformed to them. You ready? Here we go. In Romans 12, 1, this is our key scripture for today, although I am going to another scripture to, uh, to play this out, if you will. 
So this is Paul, as Romans 12, 1, it says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now I pause so that the longer you see the word of God, that it might become a part of us. I beseech you. I desperately speak to you. I almost beg you. But since you have a free will, I can't make you. And Paul says, I beseech you. He says, come on, come on, come on, dig deep. Dig deep. Hear what God has to say. Hear what's going on here. Dig deep. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what what that is, good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not conform. Well, well, God, how can I not conform to a world that I live in? How can I not conform uh, to a home that I'm a part of? How can I not conform to a church that I'm in? How can I not? And it's my whole point, full circle. God's created us to receive his goodness and his grace and his creation and his people. So it's, it's not, at first, first glance, it, it, it's, it's not that he's saying um, that, you know, well, stop conforming. That's wrong. You know, because he knows that we're going to take in what's around us. But he's saying don't conform to the things of the world. Don't conform to the things that are not of God. And I know that seems obvious and it seems simple. And of course, Pastor Tony. But now I go full circle again. But of course, what? These things that we struggle with and that hurt us and that hurt our heart and we don't seem to get victory in. And, and we just constantly um, are, are struggling with our flesh all the times and the things that we see and the things that we hear. And we, we have a God conscience that knows that this isn't right, and, but we do it anyway. And, uh, and you, you know, the, the statement could be, I'm only human and we are. So now that that statement said, get rid of it. Because we, we know we're only human. So God doesn't want us to conform to the world, but he wants us, wants us to be what? Transformed by the renewing of our mind. Okay, so how, how does this happen? How do we, that we who have conformed to this world, because in some ways everyone has, in some things, some ways, everyone in this room, including myself, how do we then, as a disciple of Christ, as someone that has counted the cost and said, I put my trust in you, Jesus is my Savior, I'm going to follow you, I want to be like you. I want, I want to walk as you walk, that, that God would allow me to fulfill my purpose, his purpose in my life, to his glory. How, how, how? And he says, you got to transform your mind. Those things you conform to are in your mind. The Bible says our mind is, is a gateway to our heart, to our soul, to our spirit. And so the things we allow in our senses, eyes, ears, smell, even smell. I mean, all the God-given senses that God gives us, those things come in. And, and all of a sudden our mind goes, I'm going to see it, I'm not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that or I won't. 
where I'm at. Now, where does conformity comes in is when we make the choice to allow these things to come in, now all of a sudden it becomes a part of us. Now, these are things that I believe or I believe to be true, so I start doing them. Again, good or bad, right? Things we should do or things we shouldn't do. And I start to do them. And he says, well, if you want to change, if you want to follow me, if you want to be more like Christ, Paul is saying you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to allow the things that come into our mind to come into you that will change you and make you act differently and be differently. And not only that, but desire even more so to be as Christ would be and what he has for our life. So how does this play out? It plays like this. I want you to turn in your Bibles to John 8. John 8. We're going to spin back time a little bit. We're going to now go back to when Jesus is on the earth. And Jesus is, and, and that's just John eight thirty one. I will be starting with uh, verse 1. I just wanted to put the, the main thought up on the screen. But now we're spinning back time. You know, back in Romans, we we're with Paul, the Apostle Paul, and, and he's, boy, a lot had happened before then. He, he, he was uh, teaching, instructing. Uh, uh, Romans is all about the gospel and God's grace and being saved and following Christ and being Christ-like. And, and you know, he got to a place in, in Romans 12, well into the gospel, he got, he, or well into Romans uh, where he's well into the gospel, he's laid a foundation, and he said, you, you're a disciple, then do these things and follow God with all, all you have. But now let's spin back about this. We're talking about renewing our mind and being transformed. So we're going to spin back to a time, and we're going to walk with Jesus just a minute. And we're going to find out what's happening. You know, what, what about this mind thing? And how do you change your mind? And uh, the answer is usually way simpler than we really want to hear. <laughs> it's got to be harder than that, and but it's not. And this is one example of, of many, but here we go. Ready? Ready? Romans 8. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and he taught them. So first of all, the Bible says, again, remember some of you that were here last week were reading and all of a sudden Jesus walking and the Bible says, and he turned and he taught them. Well, here in, in John 8, it says that he went to the temple and he sat down and he taught them. What is, what is teaching? What is being taught? It's, it's, a, it's a transformation of the, hello? What, what? Mind. Why did Jesus teach? Why did, he, why did it say he sat down and he taught? Because he knows that it takes a change of mind, a change of mind that will change our heart, that will change our behavior. So here I go, back to verse 3. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had sat, set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses... In the law commands us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down, and he wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he didn't hear. Verse 
So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and he rode on the ground. And those who heard it, listen, and those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No, Lord. No one, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now, for some, you might think, oh, Pastor Tony, that's kind of a, kind of a forthright illustration to use. was not mine. <laughs> Jesus himself. I mean, it's, it's, we're turning back time, and all of a sudden, we're in the middle of, of uh, he was walking with the disciples. He's, he's doing miracles, and uh, I realize there's times that I jump right into the middle of the story. But see, Jesus is at a point where all of a sudden, you know, he has a lot of followers, and people are following him. Some, some don't really understand, or if, if any, really, that he's really the Son of God, that he's going to the cross to be um, crucified on our behalf. But the bottom line is, the next thing you know, Pharisees and Sadducees, the priests of the day, are getting jealous, and they're trying to trip him up, and they're trying to ask him questions that, that they can literally accuse him of doing wrong things. And Jesus stops. The Bible says, sets down, and he taught. He said, we need to learn something here. We need to learn something. They needed to learn something. But Jesus doesn't come to accuse anyone. We already stand accused. I mean, there's not a person in, in any reality that would say, well, you know, I just, I'm just a good person, and I, I've never done anything wrong. And, you know, so again, take that thought like I'm only human, we know you're only human, so kind of push that aside. And we know that everyone has sinned, no matter who we are, so kind of put that aside just for a moment. See, no one threw a stone at her because they couldn't accuse her. Because they themselves could be accused of something. And, and what is this all about? It's about conformity. It's about even, even that woman, something led her down a road where she conformed to a place where she, where she sinned, and she did sin against God. She committed adultery. Uh, you, could put anything, you could put a lot of things in there. She stole, she, she cursed. I mean, this, this, you understand it's not just about adultery. Okay. It says, where's your accusers? There is none. And he says, well, I don't accuse you either. But what does he say? Go and sin no more. What just happened? What just happened? She saw, she heard, she received her mind, I pray, I claim. I don't really know how it plays out. Was transformed. She come to an understanding where there is no accusers that can accuse her of anything that they haven't done. And Jesus himself, who she did not know, but still did not accuse her. Her mind transformed. Her, her, her actions, I believe, changed. 
Is this a moment of time? Is that possible, Pastor Tony? I mean, you know, you know, a lot of us have lived quite a long life, and we have stuff that we've allowed into our life. I mean, even young people. But it's, sometimes it seems overwhelming. Sometimes it seems like there's too much stuff, and we pushed it uh, aside so much. It seems like, is it really possible that we could have a moment with Jesus? I, I mean this. Listen to me. A moment with the Spirit of God and the Word of God. A moment that just says, you know, I hear you. I know you. I know your tears. I know your hurts. Is it possible that you could have a moment where your mind is literally transformed by the Word of God? Yes. Now, does it make you perfect? No. Does it make you perfected? No. Even Paul said, not that I have been perfected, but I grab a hold of what Christ has given me, and I press on toward the gospel, paraphrased. But but let me tell you something. But if one place in our heart is transformed because our mind changed, is it not worth it? I am not the same person I was 10, 20, 30 years ago. I am not. Why? <laughs> because of those God moments. Because of meeting Jesus, meeting the Spirit of God, revealing the Word of God, and that moment of time that says, Tony, let me teach you. Don't do this. It hurts my heart, and it hurts you. It hurts your family or, or whatever. You fill in the blank. Let me teach you. And let me have that moment with you where your mind will transform to where you'll, you will be a part of what my reality is and not yours. Verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who allows me shall, he who, sorry, follows me shall not walk in the darkness, but have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, you bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. So, so this is the battle that begins. Now, this is an outside battle. This is the Pharisees trying to contradict what Jesus is saying. But is it not true that this happens in our mind, this battle in the mind that takes place? Oh, come on. I know you say do not steal. I know you say do not curse. I know you say honor my father and mother. I know you, God, I know you say these things. I know ultimately they're for my benefit. I know this, God. But all of a sudden, you hear, hear this truth. Not all the time. This is the opposite of transformation. Where I just gave you an example of transformation. Here's when we don't allow God to teach us and be transformed. When we hear his truth, but all of a sudden, we, like the Pharisees, verse 13 again, the Pharisees therefore said, that means they're responding to everything that's going on, therefore said to him, you bear witness of yourself. Your witness isn't true. Ah, oh, come on. You don't really mean, I mean, no one can go through an entire life without stealing. I mean, you know, and God, you just don't understand when you're on I-4 and someone cuts you off. Come on. You know, I'm just telling you, you don't, you don't understand. And God says, well, yeah, but I'm right with you. I'm right, you know, I'm right there. And I probably would have chose different words to say to that guy that just cut you off. You're just kind of like, and we put up these roadblocks and we put up these, well, because, as, and I don't know, Jesus, is, is, is what you're saying really true? Well, you're the son of God. Come on. You, you know, you're the son of God. Of course you can go the whole day without cursing. So he continues. Verse 14. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness on myself, my witness is true. For I know where I come from. Watch this. Watch this. For I know where I come from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from and where you are going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. 
We want a mind that will be transformed. We want a mind as a disciple that will receive God's truth. We got to, first of all, get past the, well, you know, Jesus, you don't understand. Get past that. And by, by, by faith and by trust and by obedience, hear his word. And then, then he says right here, he even explains how this happens in us. He says, I'm going to go back to 14 again. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness on myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. Get that. Not, wait, I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going. I know I came from that moment of time where I repented and asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I know where I come from, that I'm a child of God. I know where I came from. And we grab that, and we claim that, and, and as, as we are in the Word of God, and we're allowing the Spirit of God to continue to speak truth to us, we have to just stop. This is how we get this victory. This is how, when I say it can seem overwhelming, it's, it's one thought at a time. And we have to stop and, and we go, okay, I'm hearing this truth. I'm hearing you speak to me, God. I hear your word. I'm going, oh, you ever do that? Like, I don't know if I can do what you're asking me to do. And you just got to stop and you got to go, but I know where I came from. And I know where I'm going. That's transformation. You allowed the teaching of the Word of God and the Spirit of God to speak truth into you. You receive it and you change. Now, I know sometimes, just this little side note, I know sometimes, you ever, like, confident, I will never, ever, 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 ever do this again, God, I promise. God. A day, a month, a week goes by, next thing you know, you find yourself doing it again, right? You know? But, gee, I'm telling you, by the word of God, not by me, I'm telling you, he says, I don't condemn you. Jesus says, I don't, I don't condemn you. I love you. I know you. Let me teach you. It's taught. It's taught. We're not in the word of God. We're not learning nothing. Anything, however that works. You hear me? Okay. You're hearing God. Let's go to uh, verse 17. It is also written in your law. Nope, sorry. I'm going to go up to 16. And yet, if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law. That the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Then they said to him, where's your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. These words Jesus spoke in the treasure as he taught in the temple. And no one laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. God really is in control of everything. Another hard thought to grab. And it's a thought that tries to attack many disciples, if not all, at some time in our walk. Because if God is in control of everything, how do some of these things really happen? How do, why do they happen? Why do bad things happen? Why do things seem to come against us? That, you know, surely God, I mean, if, if you're in control of everything, why does this happen? And I have the answer for that. I really do. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. 
I know by God's grace and his mercy, I know he loves us. I know if we will, as disciples, if we'll be in his word and we'll, be, and we'll, we'll allow the word of God and the spirit of God to teach us, if we, if we will pursue that. Now listen, listen. This is what I know. If we will pursue the word of God and his teachings and allow his spirit to conform us in, into his image, by the transforming of our mind, the changing of our mind. This is what I know. I know it to be biblically true, and I know it to be personally true. No matter what happens, his peace will be in me. And when those rare moments come that I have no peace, which there's been several since I've been a believer, I sought him. And I found peace every time, every time, not sometimes, every time. And it was that struggle trying to find him in the middle of tragedy that brought me closer to him, that I understood more about him and who I was as a disciple. That's hard. I, I don't know about you. It's something, just because I'm speaking and I believe it, I, I, I know it's not simple in the middle of the worst of worst. But hold tight. He hears everything we say. He knows who we are. He knows every tear. Be in the word. Verse 20. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. No one laid hands on him for his hour has not yet come. And then Jesus said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. And he said to them, you are from beneath, I am from above, you are of this world, I am not of this world. I'm actually going to summarize, I'm going to keep us hanging here a little bit till next week. But, but let, me, let me just summarize this in the context of, of, of talking about being a disciple. The one thing he just said is, if we're not in his word and we're not following after him, we're not allowing him to teach us and to transform our mind into being more like him, more like Christ, more like God. If we're not walking with him as a disciple, he just said it. We're not of him. There's, there's only two ways to go. We're either going to conform to the world or we're going to be transformed and conform to the ways of Christ. Now, I want to be careful of using conformity uh, in, in that same sentence like that or that same block, but, but it's what we're, what we're doing. We're receiving the things of, of God and his word and his spirit. So let me summarize this. Make sure, make sure we don't miss it. Miss it. It's, it's, it's simple. And I mean that in all complexity. Because <laughs> I know. But it is this simple. What Jesus is saying is up to this point, you lived a life of conformity. And you spend more time doing the things of the world than you do allowing me to teach you. Now, this is important. Why did I just carefully state it that way? He said that, in essence, you're doing the things of the world because you conform to the world instead of doing the things I teach you. Did you know 
that you can conform to religion? That you can do things that you think are of God, and, and I mean, maybe they are of God, I'm not saying, but I mean, you can serve in the church, you can, you can, you can hand out waters, you can do, you can do, 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 and conform to this doing thing, and, and all along not being who Christ wants you to be. Thus the Pharisees, the Sadducees, I just didn't want us to miss that parallel, because it's not just about doing, it's about being taught. And if we're not in a place in our life or we've less, left the season of life, some of us where we used to be in the Word of God and we know what it's like to be taught by the Word and the Spirit and we faded from that, let us fade no more. And if you don't quite understand what it means to be taught by Christ, now is the time to start understanding. Uh, go to First John and start reading the Word of God and stop and ask Him, speak to me. Two times in my life that I can remember, I told, I, told, I told God, I'm not moving from this place till I hear from you. I'm not moving from this place. Eight hours later, true story, I went on a seven and a half hour walk. And I read the word. And I'm not saying that I didn't, I didn't glean things from the word or my walk. I saw God's creation. It was beautiful. It was awesome. But I, I, seven and a half hours later, I, I'm sitting in my truck because it's raining and I'm praying, going, I can't believe it, but, I, but I'm leaving. And I can't believe it. I don't feel like you talked to me. And then in a still, small voice, with the windshield wipers going, my hand putting it down to drive, God says, exactly. What do you mean, Exactly. And it's like he whispered into my heart, was I not there? Was I not walking with you? Was I not? Oh, but I was. But you see, Tony, there's a part of you that you've allowed me in. And I was with you. And you wanted more. But you know I was always there. Now, my story, but I'm telling you. And then it hit me, for some of you that are very visual. <laughs> it was crazy. I'm having this three-hour-and-a-half walk in, three-hour-and-a-half walk out. There's a one-way trail, believe it or not, and you had to go to the end, turn around, come back. <laughs> anyway, I forgot my phone was on, which it didn't ring all day. It was crazy, but I forgot it was on. <laughs> Kid you not. <laughs> and I'm just deep in thought, kind of, God, where are you at? You know, okay, oh, look at, and I'm taking pictures, and and all of a sudden, my phone rings. And all of a sudden, I'm startled because I'm on this skinny part of the path. It was, in, it was over in Lakeland at a trail. A skinny part of this path. My phone rings, and I'm startled because I hear this huge noise of about, I'm telling you, it had to have been at least a 14-foot gator about three foot from my leg. And that gator, when it heard that phone, spun around, and poosh, off it goes. And it's like, I went, oh, that was cool. <laughs> But in that moment when I was leaving, it was like, I don't, I don't know, but I'm just telling you, it's like God said, did I not have your friend call right at the moment? And I'm thinking, serious. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. But all good things come from God. And, and sometimes when we struggle, God says, I'm there. It's okay.
Jesus said to him in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So this morning I have this appeal to you as an ambassador of Christ. That if you're here this morning and you know that the, that the Spirit of God, which you might not understand my terminology, but there's something in you and you feel like God is actually speaking to your heart and saying, you know what, this is you. I want you to put your trust in me. I want you to put your trust in my son. My son that paid the penalty for your sin. You are separated from me because I am holy and you are not. And your sin has separated you from me. And you know all this to be true because I'm whispering in your heart right now. It's true. Probably you've probably heard that whisper before. But this morning you're going, you know, not. It's true. I've conformed to this world and it is my day to stop. To repent, which means to change my mind. To be transformed in my mind. To repent, to turn from my conformity of the world. And to turn to what God has for me, which is life in Christ. And I put my trust in his son. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. I thank you for those you brought our way. Everyone, I believe, is here on purpose. It's, it's this big picture God that's in control of everything. And so, Father, we pray and we claim in the name of Jesus, if there's but one person in this room that you are dealing with their heart, you're revealing to their heart that they have conformed to this world, but today is the day of their salvation, may it be so, that they would right now before you, being taught that their sin separates them from you, and knowing that you pay the penalty for them sin, their sin, you're revealing it to them, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved.